As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 355 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This week I talk with Lindsay G, one of the great creators behind Oneshi Press and their anthology series, which we go in depth about. She has a Kickstarter going on right now for Tracy Queen Volume 1, which you can go to and support right now. They'd be glad for your support. It's spelled just like it sounds. It's described as the first issue of the epic, sex-positive, pulpy, adults-only sci-fi graphic novel. We discuss all about the anthology as well as the company and what kinds of great things they have coming out. I'm big on anthologies and we don't see many of them these days and this is a good one. So I'm sure it deserves your support. We talk about all the good things that are going on with the various stories in the latest issue. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy what she has to say. There's a lot to get to. So let's get on with the show. It's great to welcome to the podcast, Lindsay G, who wears many hats at Oneshi Press, including I got to see an anthology, number six. It's dated autumn 2018, and you wrote at least two of the things that I see. How are you doing today, Lindsay? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me here, Wayne. It's good to talk with you. We were talking before I started to record about the, the, the Mark Rhodes, who directed me your way from Baltimore Comic Con. I, I just know I ran into him. I'm trying to remember exactly where. Like, as I was telling you, I've been to a whole bunch of cons, and I, my brain is just sort of burned out as to which con happened, what, who did what <laughs> where. So I used to, it was Baltimore, but what it was in Baltimore, I'm not exactly sure. I have to go through all the boxes. I go collecting uh, indie comics stuff a lot of the time and stuff that I really want, oh, okay. want to promote. And so I've got, you know, I've been to so many of them, it's hard for me to keep track of 
whose stuff is whose. And I haven't gotten a chance yeah. to read them all yet. I have a stack of stuff <laughs> about as tall as I am that I'm trying to get through. And it's, oh, my I'm, goodness. I'm sure it's good stuff. I got a chance to read this Oneshi Press anthology number six. This is the first time oh, I've heard great. of it, so I'm kind of interested in it. Tell me what is Oneshi Press. What's it all about? Well, um, Oneshi Press is a, a we're small at this point, uh, indie publisher. Um, we're focusing primarily on comics and graphic novels and illustrated novels. Um, so sort of uh, the, the main thing that we've done so far is what you were saying, uh, the anthology. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the anthology, which we put out uh, four times a year, um, we have a collection of short comics from uh, all over the world. Wow. We've worked with people from... From, you know, right here in the U.S. to Canada, to the U.K., to the Philippines, um, to Argentina, all over the place. Hmm. Yeah, so basically, uh, so far, we've basically done collections that aren't super thematic. Uh, We're basically looking at what people send us and, you know, picking the stuff that we like and putting it all together. Hmm. And as you said, uh, there are two of the stories in each anthology that are ongoing. And those are stories that are written by myself Mm -hmm. um, and illustrated by my co-founder, J.L. Draco. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the rest are from, obviously, other people. Okay. Okay, so how long have you been doing this? Oh, wow, that's a good question. I think we've been doing the anthologies for about a year and a half. Yeah, we put out six, and we do it every three months. So that adds up. (laughs) I'm not great at math. (laughs) Okay, all right. So that's good. So uh, are you guys based in in the U.S.? Are you based overseas? How did you do this? We are based in the U.S. Uh, We're actually in Missoula, Montana, small Mm -hmm. town in the mountains in Montana. Wow. So you guys have lots of time to to work on these things in in Montana. Well, you know, that's what we thought. (laughs) It doesn't always work out that way, uh, but that's primarily what we focus on, yeah. Okay. I wanted to read a little bit from the back page of, of the sixth volume. It's, it describes your stuff. There's like a subtitle, Oneshi Press, and it says, We Build Worlds, You're Invited. And then it says, yeah. Progressive, Immersive, Gorgeous. Right. And we're inviting you into the gorgeous, progressive, immersive, well, we just said that, pages of Oneshi <laughs> Press Anthology number six, where you'll explore tales of the weird, the wild, and the chilling. Now, my, you, I, you're doing two of these. Tracy Queen V2 is, the, is this one here. And then you've got another one. Let me get down to the bottom here. And uh, pack number two, is it Kindness? Yes. Those are your ones. I guess you, you you're st- begin and end the book. I guess it's the way it yeah. works. Yeah, where the book ends, I guess. And you've got 58 pages in it, so that's a pretty nice size volume. Yeah, yeah, we do about uh, 60 pages per anthology. I think that we had one a while back that was a little bit bigger, uh, but we're still doing saddle stitching. So once you get past 60 pages, the book kind of just falls open in the middle, and you can't really leaf through it easily. So we're trying to keep it at 60 or less now. Okay, very good. Now, uh, talk about how this started. I mean, you and your co-founder, you wanted to do this. Because one of the things I've got to ask you about is about anthology books. Because you're one of the few people that really seems to be doing it and doing it successfully. Talk about that. Would you? How, what inspired you guys to do this? Well, it's actually sort of a roundabout story. Um, so... Tracy Queen, which is one of the stories that I write, um, is a a brainchild that's been in the works for a long time. I've been working on it for about seven years. It's a a long graphic novel. Mm -hmm. Um, And initially, I was shopping it around to different publishers, and we couldn't get it picked up uh, because the story is – it's about – a an adult entertainer shall we say Mm -hmm. um and so the story is about her um 
which made it a little too sexy for a lot of mainstream publications mm. and not sexy enough for a lot of the erotic publishers. Mm. Um, so we were thinking of ways that we could get the story out there. And we said, well, you know, between the two of us, we both have tons of experience in publishing of different kinds. Um, JL, my co-founder, has worked uh, for big time uh, comic artists. Uh, he's been a web designer. He's done VFX work and animation work. He has all sorts of skills that could help us. And I, on the other hand, have been working in publishing for over 10 years in a variety of capacities. So we said, you know what? Let's publish this ourselves. Hmm. Um, so that's where sort of the whole thing started. Um, and then we started looking at, you know, the two of us as a, as a creative unit, all the ideas that we had that we wanted to work on together. And we thought, you know what, instead of just publishing the one book, let's make a publishing company. We can do this. Hmm. Um, so we started this, this company, Oneshi Press, um, and we began to realize that it was going to take a long time until we actually had enough of the work done on our properties to actually put anything out as a book. Um, as I'm sure anyone listening understands, graphic novels and comics are really labor intensive. And when you have basically a two person team, it takes a long time to finish anything. Um, so we were figuring out what we could do with our publishing company in the meantime. And we realized, hey, we know a lot of people who are fantastic artists and fabulous writers. Why don't we see if they want to publish anything and we can start putting together collections where we can slowly release some of our projects and also release work by all these great people that we know. Mm. Um, so that's how the anthology started. The first anthology only had four stories in it, and it was two of ours and two from friends of ours. And after that, it kind of exploded. We started getting a lot more submissions from all over the place, and it's been fantastic. We're meeting all of these amazing artists from all over the place, many of whom have not been published very often or even ever before, and mm. their talent is just incredible we've been blown away so now we're really excited about doing it you know it started out as sort of something that felt exciting but was sort of necessity and now it's something that we're really passionate about doing cool okay you told me that oneshi is a word you made up where is it coming from <laughs> actually uh it comes from a story that i've also been working on with with jl draco um it's a sort of fantasy epic that he has been working on with a, a co-creator for about 20 years, um, and we are finally starting to put it into actual books. So actually, before we released any of the anthologies, um, we were working on another book that he wrote and illustrated called The Great Nations of Rendaria, which is a fantasy illustrated novel that's set in the world of this fantasy epic. Um, and I was helping him, I was basically consulting with him on terminology and ideas, um, and there is one of the great nations in this book, uh, which is very concerned with the study of magic, has uh, a triune leadership. So they have three leaders and sort of the head of that triune we named the Oneshi. Mm. Um, and the idea is sort of a, a feeling of, of completion and togetherness and unity in a group. Mm -hmm. So the word Oneshi seemed like the perfect word for our publishing company. Cool. Cool. Now, you mentioned that people submit stuff to you. Before we get too deep into the, the what this issue is about, why don't you tell people, if somebody wants to submit something to you, how they do that? Oh, okay. Uh, well, if you go to our website, oneshipress.com, which I'm going to spell out because it's not a word that people know, <laughs> it's mm -hmm. O-N-E-S-H-I press.com. Um, 
there's actually a little thing in the the what do you call it? the navigation bar up at the top that just says submit. Uh, and you can go in there and it gives you all of the details about what we're looking for. Okay. Um, primarily what we would love from people are eight page short comics that are finished because that makes our job much easier. <laughs> um, but we do also work with people who have written a script who are looking for artists. And we also have sort of a list of artists who are looking for work. Um, so sometimes if we get a script that seems to match up well with an artist, we can pair people up that way. <laughs> um, and that's always really fulfilling to see a project come together like that. Okay, and uh, how far in advance does somebody has to turn in something for it to like uh, see print? Uh, you know, how much communication do you do with them as far as that? Well, uh, since we publish four of these a year uh, right now, we're kind of always taking submissions, um, and we don't do heavy themes, like I said, for each anthology. We sort of, you know, just. We put them out as they come up. So basically, if you send something to us and we happen to have an open slot, we'll probably put you in that slot. Hmm. Um, and that's that's sort of how it works. So sometimes someone might send something to us and we don't have any openings for six months. Uh, but, you know, sometimes something opens up and we can get you in sort of right away. So it really depends on the situation. Cool. cool. That's great. Cause like I was saying, anthologies are a little hard to come by. So I think that this is a great thing that you're doing something that uh, not everybody in the industry is doing. And I, I think it's a great idea. So I, 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 that's oh, wonderful. So the Autumn 28 one, when did that one come out? Um, let me think. Was that? Uh, I think that was actually October first. October first. Okay, so it's recent. So that's good. Yeah. Now, if somebody yeah, it wants, seems like a year ago, but wow, yeah. time really flies. <laughs> so, if paper copies or digital copies, how do you guys do it? Do you do both ways? We do both. We do it in print, uh, which is available only on our website right now. Um, we're looking into distribution, but that's a whole other kettle of fish. Mm. <laughs> so right now the the print uh, copies are available on our website, and we sell digitally through Comixology. Ah, uh, okay. All right. So that's, I, I always love Comixology because, as I like to point out, your book gets the same amount of shelf space, if you want to call it that, as Action Comics gets. So Right, exactly. <laughs> it gives you a chance to compete with some of these people that in a comic store, every store has got to make their choices, you know, and not every store does want to pick up an anthology. So if right, you exactly. you put it out on Comixology, I mean, there's a lot of times if I have a little extra money, I'll go out on Comixology and kind of poke through and see what's out there that I haven't seen before that I'd be interested in reading. So I think that's a great way to do it. It's really good. Yeah, and, and you can really look through a comic more on Comixology, too, you know, rather than just leafing through bit by bit in the little indie comic section in the corner. You can actually, you know, see a little bit of what's inside and get a better feel for the art. So this came out on October 1st. Is that usually the way it falls every three months from that date? Yep, yep, October 1st. Uh, so the next one is coming out on January 1st. Okay. And then I guess after that, what, April 1st and July 1st? Yeah, that would make I think sense. I have my months right. Yeah, that would make <laughs> sense. That would be good for that. Cause, so you don't worry about the holidays so much. No, no. I mean, I, I think it's simpler to know it comes out on the first of the month and just remember that okay. than to try to juggle, you know, holidays and and weekends and everything because like uh this one could have been you know I, you said you don't do themes and stuff but a halloween kind of a setup would have been nice for this one in october but you know the the truth of the matter is you don't have to do that yeah and we did go a little spooky this time we have a few stories in there that are uh, a little spookier than our our normal fare but you know when we started to look at it and uh look at our previous anthologies we realized that you know comics kind of skew on the spooky side anyway mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we're really not so much at least i'm not so much um interested in in like graphic horror or or any of that type of stuff um 
it's just it's just not my bag. So I didn't really want to get too deep into that territory. Right. Now, the first one in the autumn 2018 uh, issue number six, I don't know if I caught issue or volume number six, is your book, Tracy Queen, and it's V2.1, version 2.1. First of right. all, let's talk about what Tracy Queen is. And then we got a Kickstarter we got to mention, too. Talk yeah. about who, who Tracy Queen is and what's the story that's going on there. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna do a little bit of extra backstory, probably in addition to what you're expecting, but, okay. <laughs> but it's it's sort of important. Okay. Um, so I'm a writer, obviously. Mm-hmm. I've been writing since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and my my career as a writer took an unexpected turn in my mid twenties when the first writing job that I could get when I desperately needed work uh, was as an adult film reviewer mm-hmm. for, shall we say, an adult magazine. Okay. Um, and this was something I just, you know, it was an opportunity and I took it. Um, so I started doing these DVD reviews and I became really interested in the subject matter. I mean, like the pornography industry interested me because it was some, something that apparently was this vast industry and I knew nothing about it. Um, so for about the past 11 years... I have pursued writing about that industry. Um, I started doing DVD reviews, but then I moved into writing columns that were more, you know, asking questions about how everything worked. Then I moved into doing interviews with people who worked in the industry. Um, I wrote a book about my experiences. I've, I've made documentary short films about it. Like, I've kind of done all the things that you can do in, in that area. And I'm at this point uh, writing as a journalist for big publications about the porn industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so while I was having all these experiences and learning so much about about all of this, I started to write a graphic novel um, about a woman who finds her way into making adult films. Mm-hmm. Um, and it became much, much more than that. The story became this huge, epic, pulp sci-fi adventure with cyborg clones, and there's a there's a talking animal best friend, you know, um, and it became much more about uh, a woman's journey to sort of finding herself and the way that she found herself was through sort of, you know, sexual liberation. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very off the wall. It's a very different story. <laughs> um, and this is the one that, that I had mentioned before. We shopped around to a bunch of publishers and we got a lot of great feedback. A lot of editors saying, I love this, but I just can't touch it. That's not what my publisher does. Mm-hmm. So I have been putting eight pages of Tracy's ongoing story into each of the anthologies as they come out as a way to, you know, drum up some interest in the project and also just to, to get it out there into the world. Mm-hmm. She's got a, is that a raccoon? A <laughs> yes, sidekick? A raccoon. Or Nicola? <laughs> is, that, is that male or female? Yeah, I guess a name like that should be female. He's male, actually. Oh, uh, okay. and it's, he's named after Nikola Tesla, the oh, gotcha. uh, electronic scientist. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Now, when I get to the last, the back cover of the book, it, it, it says, Our favorite feminist hero makes a horrible discovery. I don't know how much yes. you want to get into the story. How, can you give like a little bit of story? What's going to what I what I see is that that she's kind of bored with everything as this right. thing start out, and so then she things start to happen, and uh, let's just say it turns out really interesting. And then of course the, the very last panel is one I went ooh. 
because uh, <laughs> let's just say that uh, she has certain skills and she uses those skills in that last panel. <laughs> and yeah. I was out, 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 I was sitting there going, "Ouch, that's got that's got to hurt." So <laughs> there's some good stuff about that. So uh, talk about you know the, obviously this this it says V two point one. Is this the site? The, now see, you've got a Kickstarter for Volume One, right? Right. That's what's going right. on. This is the beginning. Of, this is not in that Kickstarter, right? Yes. So, so like I said, we're doing eight pages at a time in each of the anthologies. Um, actually, except for Anthology 5, that has four pages because Anthologies 1 through 4 comprise what are going to be the first volume of the ongoing series. Okay. Um, so it's, it's a little complicated. Uh, there's a lot of math involved, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but... The, the entire graphic novel, Tracy Queen, ended up being almost 300 pages long by wow. the time I finished it. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I think that in my head I'm actually a novelist, not a graphic novelist, so I just kind of kept going and going and going. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, I realized that, taking, that making a 300-page graphic novel was going to take a really long time, so I was cutting it up into smaller sections, um, and each of those is a volume. Um, so, volume one of the graphic novel uh, was told over the course of the first five anthologies, mm-hmm. and then volume two is starting in anthology six, and we'll keep going for the next five anthologies, I suppose. Cool. Um, and now that uh, volume one is finished and is ready to go out into the world, we are kickstarting to raise the funds to pay for the production and the printing of volume one. Okay, now the description of Volume 1 in here is the first issue, I guess the first volume, I should say, of the epic, sex-positive, pulpy, adults-only sci-fi graphic novel, is the way you describe yes. it in there. And you're, yes. you're, you're, you're off to a good start. The, uh, the conclusion of this is on, you were telling me it's Thanksgiving Day, Thursday, November 22nd. That's an interesting yes. time to, to, to conclude a, a, a Kickstarter. <laughs> you said you're hoping for something, thankful to, something to be thankful for on that day. Right. <laughs> so We're hoping good. if we need a little push at the end, we can remind people they, that we need to be thankful for something on Thanksgiving. <laughs> have you done Kickstarters before? We have done one. I've mm. only done one. Um, and that was actually to fund the printing of the first issue of PAC, uh, which okay. is one of our other ongoing projects. Okay. Um, and that one, we decided to take baby steps. We only asked for the money that we needed to actually print it. Um, so we didn't actually pay ourselves for our labor. Yeah. Um, the second time around, we thought, you know what? We did a lot of labor on this, so <laughs> we're going to give it a try. Um, and we also hired an amazing uh, cover artist, Stevie Ray Drawn, who's going to be doing the cover for the first volume of Tracy Queen. So we definitely want to make sure she gets paid as well. Mm-hmm. So if Thanksgiving comes, there's something you should be doing before before or after you eat your turkey. There's a Exactly. Maybe in your post-turkey haze. <laughs> now, the, yeah, the, the total that you're looking for is $9,500. And because we're recording this a little ahead of time, I don't want to say where you're at now. But let's just you're off to what I consider to be a good start. So, a healthy start, yeah. Yeah, so that's a good place to be. So, And it's going to end at 3.58, right in the middle of football games. If you don't care about football games, you can get on here and, and, and enjoy this. And you've got all kinds of great little uh, levels to sign up for. And so there's all kinds of good stuff going on in, in this one. And like I said, it's on Kickstarter. It's called Tracy Queen Volume 1. So you're going to want to make sure you get right. to that place to do that. So we're in the, in the comic... Uh, you're up to the first one, and then I guess this—I guess V2.2 will be out in January. Is what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. So we'll have eight more pages of Tracy's adventures um, out in the January anthology. 
Okay. So which will be, I guess that'll be our seventh anthology. Wow. wow. How about that? The thing about doing comics is before long you start to realize, holy smoke, this is really just flying by. It's really yeah, zooming. Yeah, it really does. So it's really good. So yeah. talk about the artist. I mean, who does the artist for this section? This is, I'm trying to get the, it's JL Draco? Yes, is that your JL par- Draco. That's your partner? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he's uh, like the co-founder of Oneshi Press with me. Okay. Um, he's, he's a multidisciplinary visual artist, so kind of he can he can take anything that's thrown at him, basically. Um, but when we met about, I think it was about seven years ago, um, you know, we were we were talking about creative projects, and I was telling him I was working on Tracy Queen, and he said, well, you know, I'm an illustrator. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, yeah. So uh, we got together and we brainstormed about things. Um, and actually, we sort of, we got the ball rolling by hiring a model who looked a lot like what, how I envisioned Tracy Queen. Okay. Um, and then we, we put together, you know, a series of, of shots that he wanted to work on that were in the script um, and took photographs of the model in those poses. We even, we bought like a little uh, raccoon uh, hand puppet so that she could interact with a raccoon, mm-hmm. uh, who's her sidekick. Um and, you know, got like a lab coat for when she's working in the lab, did the whole nine yards um, and took a bunch of reference photos. And then he created images based on those photos. Um, and I was just blown away because Tracy Queen's story, obviously, uh, it's it's not super realistic. She she uses junk science to make cyborg clones like an army of them. You know, she has a talking raccoon best friend. It's not exactly true to reality. Um but the way that he illustrated, always using reference of a, like a real human person, I ended up really loving because it gave the character this feeling of, of real presence and weight, hmm. um, which I I believe is not that common, honestly. I mean, if you look at, at how many women are illustrated in comics, it's it's like it can look like the pose being sexy is more important than the pose being actually possible do you mm-hmm. know what i mean mm-hmm. realistic yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 and i i really felt like uh since we have a character who is you know actually a porn star i i didn't want to over sexualize her i wanted the story to be about her as a person and you know part of who she is as a person is the work that she does but there's a lot more going on so when i saw his illustrations i was like yep that's it that is this is the pairing that needs to go into this graphic novel cool. Cool. So has he done yeah. all? He's done all the artwork for uh, for this ever since the start. Yeah, ever okay. since the start. Um, it's been a really great process too because we did a lot of you know concept work before he actually started creating the illustrations for the novel. Um, and I've seen the character sort of grow and change uh, as he's worked with her. Hmm. Um, and now she's got a very distinctive look. And uh, it's interesting because, like I said before, he's he's a multidisciplinary artist and. Um, he works in a variety of styles, and Tracy Queen very much has developed her own style that's distinct from the other work that he does. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> do, you, do you have an idea as to how many volumes of Tracy Queen you're gonna, you have in mind? I have seven, seven. written. Okay. So, uh, well, technically I have five fully written and then two outlined, but okay. I know where it's going, and I know where it's going to end. That's, that's always a good thing. I always like when I hear a writer say, I know where I'm going. Now, you can always change your mind. <laughs> you can change your mind if you get to a place and you go, wait a minute, I'd like to do this and this instead. 
that's fine. But right. I, there's so many times I read stuff and it just feels like you're, I'm, I'm, it's like driving a car. You know, you get in a car and you just wander around, you know, and, and you have no <laughs> idea where you're going. And some people drive like that. I understand they just want to go out for a drive, but I don't get in a car unless I'm trying to get somewhere specific. I've got somewhere I'm going. <laughs> so I like that. I can tell when I read a story if, if the writer has that in mind because, you know, you could just sense that we're, we're progressing. We're going somewhere. Things are happening to make things happen instead of just sort of stumbling yeah. along. So I was like that. And I felt that with the, the story, too. I like that. Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad. I know that, uh, you know, I, I think I've always seen myself as like an, a fiction writer. Um, and I think I sort of trained myself that way, but I've never actually written a novel. But Tracy Queen is the closest that I've come to writing one. So I think I treated it that way. I knew exactly where I wanted it to end up. And the journey was figuring out how to get from point A to point Z. Mm-hmm. Very good, very good. Well, I'm looking forward to it because I think it's going to be great. Let's let's go down the individual stories because I, the, I guess oh, yeah. she's an ongoing story. The second one is not an ongoing. This is a, a, a single-issue story, I guess. It's called Hank Thatcher, Dragon Catcher. Uh, yes. Talk a little <laughs> bit about that one. This is black and white, too, because the other one's full color. This one is black and white, so it gives it a very – the moment you get done with yours, you know because you hit a black and white story. Talk about that. Uh, so Hank Thatcher, Dragon Catcher, is a really sweet story uh, by Brendan Rowe, who is a Canadian writer who we've actually worked with. I think this might be our third time that we've worked with him in our anthologies. Um, he's one of the rare writers who is able to work really well in an eight-page format. He's a great short comic writer. Um, and so we've been really thrilled that he's been into coming back and working with us more than once. And so Hank Thatcher, Dragon Catcher, is a, a very simple, very sweet story in which there's no dialogue at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't want to give away too much here, but I think the title kind of does it for you. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Uh, so he works for the Metropolitan Wildlife Control, which is way less boring than it sounds because his primary job is catching dragons mm-hmm. and bringing them in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the story just kind of chronicles a full day in his life. Mm-hmm. I like the description again on that back page. It says, Hank Thatcher, whose job at the Metropolitan Wildlife Control is much hotter than you might imagine. Uh, to have fun with the dragons <laughs> there. Yeah, it's kind of fun stuff. So, okay. So, uh, so you said he has he, uh, uh, is this like the third submission he did or has he done other ones? How did you guys uh, land on this one for this issue? Um, actually, I think. This one he he had wanted to do for a little while, I believe, um, and it was a, a matter of finding the right artist for it. Oh. Um, and Brendan has he works with some great artists. Uh, the artist for this one is Jonna Moore, um, who I know through Twitch. Um, and I'm not sure how many people out there are familiar with the creative community on Twitch because the, it's a live streaming platform that primarily focuses on. Uh, gaming. Mm-hmm. So most people on Twitch are playing video games, but there's a really vibrant little community of Twitch creative, uh, primarily artists. There are some writers that work on there. Um, and JL Draco, uh, actually right now is on his live stream on Twitch, which is why he's not on this podcast. With oh, me. Okay. Um, okay. And uh, so he actually met Brendan through Twitch as part of this community. And then Brendan met John, who is also part of this community on Twitch. Uh, so wow. it became this great little like Twitch inspired project. Mm-hmm. And then the next one, it's, the description on the back is roam through a vast mortuary with a strange individual who's looking for a creepy kind of peace in Victoria. Talk about right. that one. Cause this is, again, this is another black and white one, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. This one uh, is written by Aaron Burke um, and illustrated by Marika Bruciano, who I'm still not entirely sure if I'm saying her last name correctly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and this is this is one of our spooky stories. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron is someone who, uh, you know, came across us online and submitted this fully finished, um, already illustrated piece called Victoria that just creeped me out. Mm. And and in a real spooky way, too. It's There's no gore, there's no blood or anything. There's just sort of this hovering question of death. And uh, this girl who comes into a mortuary looking for someone but doesn't seem to know who that person is. Mm. Um it's very creepy. Mm. <laughs> I love it. Just for, just in time for Halloween. It's perfect for that. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Now, after that story gets done, you've got uh, two pages of artist spotlights, which I thought is kind of a nice way to do that. At least two, or maybe it's three. I think it's two. I think uh, it's two. Connor Hughes, and then it's my 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 PDF keeps popping faster than I can look at it. It's <laughs> and uh, yeah, and Steve Wright. How do you pronounce that? Ray Drawn. Stevie, Stevie Ray Drawn. Oh, this is the one you were talking about before. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, Stevie also did the cover for yeah. Anthology 6. Cool, cool. I like that. Yeah. See, it, it gives you a little bit of a, of a story break in between. You get to just look at the yeah. visuals instead of always having to do the, the other stuff. Yeah, we like to think of it as like a commercial break, but instead of commercials, you get to know the work of wonderful artists. Mm-hmm. Very good. And let's <laughs> see. Okay, after that is... I'm sure I'm going to pronounce practice it. Makes- uh, practice makes perfect. Yeah. Uh, uh, they introduce you to a supervillain whose master plan goes hilariously awry. And I'm, I probably would butcher the names of the folks worse than you would. So who are the folks that are doing <laughs> that story? Uh, so Bennett Simon was the writer. Uh, he's a, a writer in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Bova did the illustrations and Davis Rush did the lettering. Hmm, very cool, because it's it's something of a supervillainous story with some superhero-y things thrown in, but again, it's kind of spooky stuff happening as well. So I yeah, it, like that. This, this story kind of has it all. It's it's, it's uh, sort of pitting your classic superheroes against a classic supervillain, um, and then the supervillain decides that he's going to make a change. He's he's going to reform himself, but as these things tend to go, it doesn't necessarily last that long. I like the there's a name of one of the one of the people's padlock homes. I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, Ben has got a great sense of humor. It's Spratman and stuff like that, so it's great stuff. <laughs> it all has to do with a superhero wedding and you know those things never go well. So it it it, exactly. it, it doesn't go well. So it, it it's it's a pretty fun little story and it, it ends on a very funny note. It says that I don't. Well, I don't want to spoil it, but there's. A, let's just say that uh, it ends in a thing that made me laugh. So I thought that was really good, spooky as it was. But uh, it's good stuff. <laughs> and then the next one, we go back to black and white. What's the next one after that? Uh, Evening Walk, uh, which was written and illustrated both by Martina Kulak. Okay. Who's actually a, a Polish creator? Um, mm. She's primarily a, a painter. I think she works primarily in ink washes and, and watercolors, but she wanted to try a comic short. Mm, cool. Um, yeah, an evening walk is it's really cool. Um, it's she's uh, like I said Polish, and she's dealing with some uh, Polish folklore about river monsters in mm-hmm. evening walk. So it's another spooky one. Yeah. And it ends real well. I really like the way that it goes because you you think you know what's going on and then you find out you don't, which I, right. really, <laughs> I, I like that in the story. I really do. Now we get back to your stuff. Pack to yeah. Kindness, installment number three. Talk about what Pack 
is is, is other packs besides this is pack two this is the second volume is that what's going on yeah, yeah. So we have a similar thing going on with Pack as we do with Tracy Queen, where we publish eight pages in each anthology. Um, so this is the final eight pages of the second issue mm. of Pack. Oh, really? um, so so far we've collected uh, the first, I guess, three mm-hmm. um, installments into issue one of Pack, which we published earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once, basically, once all of the issues of uh, pack two come out in the anthology then we're going to collect those also so we'll be working on pack number two um i don't know probably in the spring is when we're going to be funding that so we can doesn't the kickstarter Um, come yeah probably probably basically uh we have we we fund the um anthologies through a patreon account uh where we have people you know who who are supporting us month by month um and we also do some advertisements, as you probably saw in the anthology, mm-hmm. um, that help us to pay for the anthologies. And then we've been kickstarting our in-between anthologies, uh, other projects. All right. Um, so what's PAC about? So PAC is awesome. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's basically um, an old-school sort of gritty style, uh, so almost procedural comic book um, about a vigilante, but the twist is that the vigilantes are dogs. Mm. Um, so there's a, a pack of dogs. There are six dogs and then one man who wears a dog mask and runs with these dogs. Mm. Um, and he's sort of the unofficial leader only really because he can actually communicate fully with the cops who are trying to catch them. Um, mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but he sees himself as one of the dogs. All right. Uh, <laughs> interesting. Interesting. So uh, where'd the idea for that story come from? That actually was originally the brainchild of JL, who is also illustrating this. Um, and together, we've sort of we've sort of co-developed it, and then I've done all of the actual writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was uh, when we both lived in in New York. We both lived in New York City for a long time. Uh, JL pretty much grew up there, and I lived there for about twelve years. Um, it was a very cold winter day, and he was walking out to get breakfast with some friends. Um, and somehow in the conversation, it came up that, you know, wouldn't it be terrible to be homeless in weather like this? Mm. Um, you know, it's a big problem in New York, uh, homelessness. And because the winters are so harsh, it's an even bigger problem. Um, and then one of his friends that he was with said, well, you know, maybe if you had a dog, it wouldn't be so bad. And then someone else said, well, what if you had a whole bunch of dogs and you could just sleep with the dogs all around you? It would be great. <laughs> you know the story um, behind that one, right? There's a you ever heard of the of the rock group called Three Dog Night? Yeah, yeah. The 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 story behind that was it's an Australian story was that if it was a really cold night you'd have to have three dogs in order to be able to get through the <laughs> night. It was a three dog night. So that's where that, right. that, that notion comes from. It's not everybody knows that story though. So I was I'm always interested when I hear dog stuff because there's there's all these interesting little pieces to it that that go on like that. So that's pretty yeah. cool. So you did the first story already with this one. You're in the, you're coming to the end of the second one, right? Right, right. So um, there's seven members of the pack total, and we're planning on having seven issues of pack, each one of which focuses on the backstory of one of the members of the pack. Um, So the first issue is about Humility, who is, uh, he's the only mutt in the pack, and he's half Chihuahua, half Bull Terrier, very small, but thinks that he's very big, you know, as small dogs often do. Um, 
And then issue two uh, is going to be about kindness, which is a, a pit bull who was raised by a family, you know, was a happy family dog and then was kidnapped and, and forced, unfortunately, into a fighting ring. So we get his backstory along with sort of the ongoing story of the pack and their continually developing relationship with the police and the politicians in Brooklyn where they live. Hmm, interesting. That's going to be so fun because I'm always interested in dog stories. I, I you know... Hmm. I always liked it when, you know, when, when Crypto was the super dog and, and they did a TV show on him one time. And I love that whole thing about that. The trick of it is, though, you don't want to have to have them be too anthropomorphic. You know, you want right. them to be dogs still. And my biggest problem with Crypto is he's always thinking like a human all the time. I'm always going, no, no, no. Even a Kryptonian dog wouldn't do that. So <laughs> I like it a little better when you, the dogs are more like what you're doing in here. I like that better. Yeah, yeah. We didn't think that the dogs needed to talk um, because, you know, dogs actually can, can communicate very well, even with humans who don't speak dog. You know, if, if you're paying attention, you can pretty much figure out what a dog is thinking most of the time. Um, so that's what we're going for. We don't we don't think that they need to speak human for people to understand what's going on with them. OK, now, after that story, you've got some guest art. Um, hmm. on pack. First one on, I, right. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, S-O-N-N-E, Sony, Sone? Zona uh, is actually a Danish um, artist, and I'm probably not pronouncing it right either. I've been trying <laughs> for a while, but I can never get it right. <laughs> I, I, every comic book should have a pronunciation guide on how you pronounce people's <laughs> names. Because I, I, That's I, a good I, idea. I didn't, Bill Sienkiewicz, for the longest time, I had no idea how, I thought it was Sienkiewicz. I couldn't tell what it was. And so then I, I was I was at New York Comic Con and there he had his own booth there. Bill Sienkiewicz did, and it has you know it's pronounced Bill Sing Kev, great big K E V itch at the end. And I said, boy, I wish I'd have seen that about ten years ago. That would have been nice to see. Good stuff. Now the next that one is, is a good idea. There's okay. a guest art by Yuki Dog Zombie. Yeah. Yeah, Yuki is another friend from Twitch, um, and she does the sweetest watercolor paintings you've ever seen in your life. Uh, and she loves dogs, so she made a, a sweet little painting of uh, Humilities, the small dog, who rides on the back of Chastity, who's a mastiff. Um, so she put those two together in a teacup. <laughs> cool. And then it looks like yeah. the last one's from J.C. Chase. Chase, I guess I must have butchered that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a, it's a, it looks like the guy with the mask holding one of the dogs. Yes. Yeah. JC is another great Twitch artist. Um, they stream online on, on Twitch, but also have a YouTube channel. So you can check them out. JC Chase, just like it sounds. Cool. cool. Very nice. And it's good stuff. So this is the one that's out now. As we said, you have to go to your website in order to be able to get the, the paper copy. Go to Comixology to get the digital copy. Mm -hmm. And like you can actually, if you're on our website, uh, we do have a link directly to the Comixology version of it. So cool. you can grab that there, too. Very good, very good. Now, I've got to ask you, of course, this probably keeps you busy a lot of the times, but do you have any other projects that you're working on that we should be aware of? Oh, we've always got projects. <laughs> um, well, I mean, primarily right now we're focused on the, the Tracy Queen Kickstarter, of course, um, and that's our the biggest thing taking up all of our time and our energy and our brain space. Um, but like I said, we are going to be uh, probably kickstarting to raise funds for pack number two um, in probably the spring. We don't have the dates totally figured out yet. Um, and then somewhere around there, I'm not sure exactly when we're going to also be raising funds to publish the second um, of the fantasy epic series that I mentioned before. Um, 
And that book is going to be called War and Horses. It's sort of a, a weird Western. Um, it's set, you know, on a different planet, but it's got a very Wild West feel. Um, and that is going to be actually an illustrated novel. So it's written like a novel, but there are illustrations throughout that, uh, you know, show what's going on in the story. And that is written by uh, Peter Lampasona, who is uh, a, a writer who's been helping us develop this larger fantasy epic called Children of Gaia, and this is his story. Right, right, because there's other other stories that you have had in these books. So right. I guess every time it looks like you you do the first and the last, and then the ones in between are short stories is the way I, I, mm-hmm. I gather it. So, okay, so and I, you don't have the same people doing stories every time. Do you have very different people, right? Yeah, yeah, we've worked with, uh, I don't even know how many people, <laughs> dozens and dozens of people at this point. And we do have a few stories that are ongoing. Um, for instance, there's one called Lomac, the Giant Warrior Angel, uh, that we've so far published four eight-page uh, installments of that. And that is eventually going to be a longer graphic novel that we hope to collect into um a, you know, a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's written and illustrated by Miguel Colon, who's a New York-based uh, fine artist. This is the first comic that he's done, and the art is just stunning. It's absolutely gorgeous. Neat. Neat. Now, if we want to follow your stuff, we got onashipress.com for the company. Mm-hmm. If we're following your stuff individually, do you have, like, social media that we could uh, keep track of? Oh, absolutely. Well, so Oneshi Press, if you're looking to follow us on any social media, it's Oneshi Press everywhere. <laughs> We've got a Twitter and a Facebook and an Instagram and a Tumblr, um, and it's always the same. Um, now, my situation is a little more complicated. Lindsay G is obviously not my full name um, because of the subject matter that I write about. A lot of it, I, I like to keep it separate from you know, my poor mother who mm-hmm. does not like what I write about at all. <laughs> so I've shortened the last name to, to Lindsay G. Um, and you can find much of my uh, social media using that. But I also had a pseudonym that I used earlier in my career, which was Miss Lags a lot. Mm. Um, and I believe that that is my Twitter handle. Um, and it, it appears here and there in place of the name Lindsay G. So it can be a little confusing, but I've tried to connect them the best that I can without switching all of my accounts to a new name. Now, spell Lindsay for me, because some people spell it differently than you do. Oh, right. Yeah, I'm one of the outliers. It's L-Y-N-S-E-Y. No D. Yeah, yeah, no, Who needs no, the D? You can't even hear it. Because some people L-I-N-D-S-E-Y is what I've seen, right. too. So I don't want people to get lost and not be able to find you. So we'll get that. Oh, <laughs> Lindsay, sounds like you're doing good stuff, and this Unleshy Press stuff is great. I guess the next thing we'll see from you guys will be out on January 1st. Does it come out a little early, a little after January 1st? How's that work? Well, usually what we do is, I mean, since we're selling on our website, we do some pre-orders before the day that it goes live, but the day it goes live is when you can place your, your real orders for it. So it's not a huge launch, <laughs> okay. um, but you know, it will be available and we'll start shipping out on January 2nd, obviously, because you can't ship anything on January 1st. <laughs> no, that's true. And let's see, you've got... Uh... Well, the, the main date to keep in mind before January 1st is Thanksgiving, because... Yes. That's yes. when we're going to be ending the Kickstarter. So gotcha. I'm just going to put that in there. That's what I was thinking, trying to remember. Yep, it's Thanksgiving, oh, <laughs> November the 22nd at 3.58 yep. p.m. So before or after you eat turkey or in between football games, or unless you don't watch them at all, then you got plenty of time to get out there and make sure that you get there. It's Tracy Queen Volume 1. 
So you're going to want to make sure right. you get out there before that closes. I know Kickstarters tend to, you know, balloon at the beginning and then rush at the end. And then in between are all yeah. those days when you have to sit and go, why isn't anybody donating? Why isn't anybody getting in there? Right. And bite your fingernails. and Yes. The best. <laughs> I, I, I probably say it on this podcast way too many times, but some people call it the daily heart attack is where you sit there and you're like, yeah. why, why didn't anybody? It really is. And you have to sit there and force yourself not to hit the refresh button on yes, your Kickstarter that's right. over and over. Again. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so that's good. Well, you know, hang in there. I'm sure it'll be a big success. And I, I, I know you've got stretch goals in mind when you get to the the $9,500 goal, which will be great fun. So you know, I, I wish you a lot of success with this. It's great to see you doing things that that DC and Marvel aren't necessarily doing, and even Image isn't necessarily doing. So I like to see that kind of stuff. I love variety in my reading, and I think this is going to be great fun. I think people are going to really enjoy it so keep it up Lindsay. it's wonderful stuff well thank you so much i really appreciate your support people need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy and i can't do that as bruce wayne as a man i'm flesh and blood i can be ignored i can be destroyed but as a symbol get the latest from the comics universe news interviews previews and reviews listen to the weekly wayne's comics podcast so you can keep reading your comics and that's a wrap for this episode until next time keep reading your comics As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.